0: Hello, this is Frank. And this is Bobby. And you're listening to the audio portion of our TV program, An Overcoming Life. This is a program of anointed teaching and overcoming testimonies.
1: If you want to be blessed, then keep listening to this program once a week. Please let us know if you were inspired by the program. Our address is P.O. Box 53, Tallahassee 32302. And our email is intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. Welcome friends to today's program. We have a blessing for you today. Now every program I say that because every program is blessed. It's just for you. And God's got something that he wants to impart to you every time we have a program. So don't miss a one. But I know you're going to be blessed by this gentleman's uh, testimony. Uh, His name is Keith Carden. Keith, welcome. Thank you, ma'am. And overcoming life. We appreciate you being here.
0: Thank you for Uh, having me.
1: And, of course, this good-looking gentleman right here (laughs) (laughs) is uh, Frank, uh, the half. And it's a joy for us to come before you once a week, isn't it, Frank? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a joy, and we don't take it lightly. Uh, all of our programs can be seen, uh, past programs, on YouTube. So we invite you to uh, go there and scan through past programs. We've got quite a few now. We've been doing this. Over 100. Yeah. 100. yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to do sometime, just go check it out. <laughs> it's easy to find. If you have trouble, let us know, and we email you the directions exactly on how to find the different programs. Okay, Keith. Um uh, let's start out in a uh, little bit in the beginning did you come from
0: a Christian home yes ma'am um, God bless me that I was brought up in a Christian home with a Christian mother and father that it wasn't a religious activity it was just what God had called them to do and they loved the Lord and so when those church doors were open uh, we were there. Actually, I tell people I was in church nine months before I was born. Mom was carrying <laughs> me through those doors. And so I um, just thank God that I was brought up in a Christian home. And my parents were married around 50 years when dad passed um, and daddy had six brothers and three sisters and about the same amount on my mom's side and all of them were married 40 plus years and so I got to see what love actually looked like because a lot of people in this world and society have a, a misjudgment of love because they've never been loved correctly as a son or a brother or they a husband yeah you know, sister or daughter and so God really really blessed me in that arena plus um looking back on it he was giving me a foundation mm. that i was going to really 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 need later on so right. um uh, yes brought up in a christian home um Thank Mom and Dad, Virginia Carden and Marlon Carden. Just make sure to mention Mom and Dad in there. They were, right. they were great. Um,
1: oh, well, let me ask you, I praise God you was brought up in a Christian home, but that doesn't mean that you didn't stray away and do some things that you shouldn't do, did it?
0: Um, well, I oh. think you're, how you worded that's incorrectly. Some people stray away. I didn't stray away. I went 101% <laughs> running through rebellion in the opposite direction of God. Um, I Going through my teenage years, uh, you know, dabbling here and there, um, a little bit of sin. Um, as I got older into the military, I um, learned a lot more about sin, and um, then coming home um, basically, with maintaining what I would call being a stagnant Christian, mm-hmm. I had my foundations. I understood God, all of that. I was one way at um, church when I went. I was another way at work um, on, in the construction field um, with my language and things of that nature. And so I had, you know, kind of become what I call a stagnant Christian. Um, wasn't completely off the reservation but neither was all in for god and then went through a divorce and after that i went full-on full-blown philistine heathen uh, You just jumped right into the scene. (laughs) Oh, I I promise you. um, I was that part of the Bible when God was talking to Israel, and He said, you know, you have become better at being pagans than the nations around you that I killed bringing you in here. Um, I have become better at being being a pagan than the pagans around me.
1: Friends, there's a message here for you. This man is just doing so much for God it makes me tired to just listen to him tell me all the things that he's doing. God is using him mightily. But he didn't always walk with the Lord. He got away from God and got into sin. There's some of you out there that are watching and you have loved ones that's the same way. Well, don't give up on them. Keep praying. God's not through yet. And just as he changed Keith's life around, and uses him so mightily so can he use your loved ones no matter how deep in sin they are amen uh, keith uh, tell tell us what brought you back to god
0: um well this is one of the things that i preach and teach on is that sometimes i believe that we as parents or grandparents become our children or grandchildren's god um, god is trying to correct that child um, instead of allowing god to correct them we continue supporting them mm-hmm. and uh, it's basically being an enabler you know i'll keep paying the mm-hmm. rent the light bill the vehicle the gas and that allows them to continue doing what they're doing and when i'm speaking with parents and especially before they know my personal story well, if God love my child he wasn't do this or that And I said well really because God nailed his son to a cross for each and every one of us so if he'll do that to his son I'm sure I hate to break your little heart but you know God might be fixing to correct your child and so instead of running to God when they're in that area um, instead of running to God they run to the parent or to the grandparent and they support them and hold them up um, I had a father The connection that he and I had was just unbelievable. Uh, My dad was my best friend, my supporter, my lead in life uh, with decisions and with God. Now, luckily for me, my mother was a little different. Um, she had no issue with she was the disciplinarian in the family uh, she had no issue with tearing my little rear end up <laughs> and later on in life she had no issue with cutting me off um, and it caused such a struggle between my mother and father that it was causing issues in their relationship and I had a home but I had stopped by my parents house and this would be the first time I've ever told this story publicly As matter of fact my A lot of people have never heard this that know me and my parents didn't know it for several years but i was over at their home and i was doing some laundry my dad told me he said keith you're not stealing or being a, a burden on society as much as you're just a consumer of food and a producer of waste you're not doing anything productive you're not living for god you're causing strife between me and your mother and I loved her first and God creates an order and structure and the order and structure of a home is God, husband, wife, children, and I'm not going to get that out of order. I loved your mother first. So until you get your life right, don't come back here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's fine. I have no issue with that. My daily to-do list was basically drinking and drugging. See, a lot of people go to sleep and wake up. Um, I passed out and came to. Trust me, there's a difference. And how that works and i had no issue with that and so i was like that's fine i'm leaving and i walked out my truck and i set the laundry on the hood and as i reached for the door an angel spoke to me and it was not inside my head it was audible it was to my right and i could hear it just like i can hear you when you speak and um as i come to realize angels are warriors and messengers that was a message and from that angel simply said, if you leave, you'll die. Um, as I said, in my life, I've been shot before. If, you know, you were to pull a gun and shoot me now, there are percentages that I might live. When God says he's going to kill you, there is no percentage of survival. And it shook me. 100% guaranteed. I promise you, it shook me to my core. Wow. Um, I knew that if I left, I would be dead before the sun set wow. that day. Um I respected my father. Um, (coughs) Amen. Praise God, brother. When I walked back into the house, um, my dad was very soft-spoken. but He had worked in cotton fields his whole life, and he was a worker. Um, And uh, when he got serious, he got serious. I walked back into the home and he looked at me like I just disrespected him you know I told you to leave here and I told him I said dad I've been hearing about these Salvation Army Adult Rehabilitation Centers There's one in Jacksonville I need to do get help and he was like I'm glad to hear it we'll wait till the morning but it was different with me um, I was fearful for my life I know we got to go now um, You know, y'all can't get y'all stuff together in time I'm heading that way and whatever it was he didn't know if I was having a, a drug episode or why well, he was just happy to know that I was just wanting to go and want to change I never told them what had happened to um, a few years later I never even spoken of it um, but I eventually told them about it now I can speak about it and do um, especially when we're doing addiction classes and here's my thing my mom and dad had prayed so hard over me and about me that they handed me 100% over to God and the God that created all of heaven and earth and keeps everything in order Mm-hmm. Took notice enough that he sent an angel, you know, to inform me that, that this this is it. Um, you know, um, you might be a Christian and you you know, have God's blood. but I'm fixing to take you, and you know, um, that's not how I want to enter heaven. Is on the wow. uh, taken from the disobedient side, um, and so that is where the life-changing, uh, for me happened. Um, God gave me a choice. Um And so being fearful of the condition that I was in at that time and not wanting to come face to face with my creator, um, I kind of did a Job. Um, You know, Job knew everything he wanted, what he wanted to do till God showed up. And, you know, things change when God shows up. And so that's where that change began with me, um, was after having the angel speak with me. And uh, I I took full heed uh, to make that change.
1: How long ago was that?
0: That has been probably 20. Yeah, i would be in that 20-year range now wow. um, since wow. that happened. Well,
1: when did he call you? He, you're into so much ministry here. When did he call you to uh, ministry, and what was the first thing he called you to?
0: Uh, Well, throughout my life, um, before um, I went into the um, addictions, and afterwards, once he had got me corrected, um, I enjoyed teaching, and I would teach Sunday school, and looking back upon it, I could see the, the cycle that I went through of... I was willing to teach Sunday school I was willing to do Sunday school and as God would call me for more than that um, I was not willing to do more than that and so basically I knew that he was calling me for more and to do more and basically I would implode Um, I would shut down and refuse uh, to go any further than that and if that meant that I needed to step outside of the church um, or whatever then I would do that Um, and so basically I knew God had been calling me and I was rebelling and refusing even at that point in time so um, as it went on I was still doing my commercial and industrial electrical work I was still basically um, doing things inside the church as far as teaching and chairman over certain committees and things of that nature and it got to a point where I started doing work inside the local jails um, going in volunteering and going in and volunteering it was I had a lot of chaplains tell me hey that guy would not listen to me I've seen him get up and walk out on people but the, you know, they seem to will sit and listen to you and that's because I've had those jail experiences um, I, It's not something that I've just read in a book. It's something that I lived, and so I know what this side of sin looks like And I know what this side looks like and so was going in and volunteering in the jails um, God put a calling on my life and to become a chaplain and so I uh, Basically, sat down one day and I just wrote between me and God having a conversation. Um, two people have seen that book. I don't like a lot of people to see it because you would really think I was going through a mental breakdown because <laughs> I felt like I was. <laughs> um, but basically, just me and God going back and forth, Him calling me and me throwing out every rebuttal in the world that I could for it. And Finally, I broke down, gave in, and handed it basically all over to him. And so, God, I had to make a choice that, okay, God's calling me into ministry, and that's. Uh, Matthew ministries twenty-five, thirty-six, and got that from the book of Matthew chapter 25 verse 36 where if you go into the jails and you know and to the prisons and you feed the hungry and you clothe the poor it's the same as if you've done it for me and it's also comes with a Judgment scenario that the ones on the left that have done all these works in my name but I didn't know you depart with Satan and the angels in the hell and those on my right come into my father's house it seems to be very important to God um, that we do these things that it, he would attach a judgment scenario to that teaching um, and so that's where we got Matthew Ministries 25-36 and to sit down with my mother and um,
1: tell tell them what Matthew ministries is well Matthew ministries
0: 2536 is a not-for-profit organization that is basically me and uh, started out I would go into the jails and prisons and it was a struggle in there sometimes with chaplains and sometimes with administration with my background and you know they're always a little bit of eye off of you know when you i um not here to build a ministry, God's already given me one, but I'm here, how can we assist you? And they always kind of give you an eye out. But um, basically we would send Bibles and we still do cases of Bibles into three of our local jails and two of our local prisons. I would go in and I would teach the faith-based drug addiction classes. And we handle any addiction across the board, um, any addiction whatsoever, sexual addictions, um, eating addictions, anything um, across the board. And I would also go into court and advocate for men and women to have some of their prison time offset with in-house rehabilitations, with Salvation Army adult rehabilitation. um, Because it's free, it's a work therapy, um, and you pay for your therapy for your rehabilitation compared to your parents or your insurance or whatever paying for it. And I also found out that what we consider to be a success compared to what the state organizations Mm -hmm. consider to be a success, the ones that the states pay for that get paid for taking Mm -hmm. in people is completely different. And so that's where we started out. The first one I ever did was, I went in for a young man that was looking at 30 years, consecutive, um, 15 for his charges and 15 for an escape charge. This man was so eat up with addiction that the day he escaped from jail, he went to get dope. Um, And so, you know, that, um, that was the first one that I did. And I'm having those, Doubt issues I did not sleep that night I was down beside my bed When it came time to get prepared And go into court God, what if I am having a mental episode This man's fixing to pay the price For me being crazy Thinking you're calling me into a ministry That I'm not being called into And I walk into court Where I've been on this side of it um, On the defense side Never going in um, On the other side of it But we went into court and basically i laid they have to plea out to the judge um, for me to go in and help and that means the judge can give you more than what the state's asking Mm -hmm. for and you can't argue it and he was willing to do that so i went in and basically Mm -hmm. pleaded on behalf of this gentleman of knowing what an addict life is that we believe that god has to be just as equal and his judge and punishment as he is in his love mercy or grace or he would be one perverse God so we believe in the punishment and the correction but we also want it offset set with these in-house therapies that we know work um, because I'm a product of uh, Salvation Army adult rehabilitation and uh, when I got done the, the uh, state attorney looked at the judge and said not even God can keep this man from stealing and from drugs that the only way that he's not going to steal and do drugs is to be locked up mm-hmm. and within five minutes of that state attorney saying that that judge said well this is what we're going to do and he got a four-year sentence with um, we had it backed up with a ton of rehabilitation plus the in-house therapies plus the aftercare which a lot of people miss out on and so the judge configured it and then he looked at the state attorney and said and I want you to put it together." Where it's a legal sentence um so within five minutes of that gentleman saying that not even god can keep this gentleman from doing this god had him writing out the <laughs> sentence for that gentleman for his rehabilitation and from that time on i no longer doubted <laughs> I never doubted God; always doubted me. Um, but from that time, you know?
1: Is there um, a he is
0: uh, still keep up with him. He's about to finish out his sentence. He is just changed from uh, down around Ocala up to, I believe, Liberty, and getting ready to transition out. Um, mm-hmm. So he has stayed the course, um, he, and we have done several 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 of those since um, and God blesses me that I get to see him work
1: well yeah. I know that you're pastor of a church now too yes ma'am that's just one of the many things on your plate so tell us how that come about
0: yeah. well 12, the last time that we um, spoke um, to get Matthew ministries up and running um, because i do a charter boat business and wholesale seafood business on the side and commercial industrial electrical work was my mainstay Um, i sold several boats and personal property and um, got it up and running and 2020 hit 2020 we shut down the state which was the tourism for the charter boat business we shut down the restaurants which devastated the wholesale seafood business and so the means that we had for supporting the ministry I was battling with it and also I was in seminary full time at that point in time um, and so I, It was just a lot of weight, and God saw us through it. Well, the last we spoke, I had, after Michael, spent several months in Panama City, sleeping in the cab of the truck and putting people's electrical services back together for donations into the ministry. And so that got us up and rolling, and after all that was said and done I guess in about February of uh, 2019 um, when I came back home from that God kept burdening my heart Mm -hmm. now this is one of the things that I teach and preach on heavily that a lot of times we let church tradition become church fact Mm -hmm. and i had been told my whole life as a good southern baptist that if you've been divorced you cannot be a pastor that through the epistles of paul that um you know you can't be divorced and be a deacon or a pastor and so as god's calling me to do this i'm going through a mental struggle of god and i did i really did i did the sadducee pharisee every time you see them in the bible they're trying to pin jesus down with jesus's own words mm-hmm. and so i'm trying to pin god down with god's own word well you can't be calling me in the ministry i've got to be having a, a mental episode or breakdown because in your word it says that i've got you know a man of one wife and you know i had a divorce way back then and uh you can't be calling me in the ministry and, and so for God to put pressure on you every day. I I really thought I was having a mental breakdown um, because I was burdened with it every day. And so I go to a pastor who was a young pastor um, with his doctorate and all, and as I'm speaking with him, uh, no, you can't be called into ministry and this can't be God calling you and you you don't have the diplomas. And um, so, luckily one of my senior chaplains um was going to a local baptist church and he said you need to come speak with um our pastor and i sat down with him well the gentleman knew greek very well and i speak greek and he said I hate to break it to you. Um, your parents haven't taught you wrong on purpose, but you have been taught wrong, because when you read the Greek, that is not what this is saying. It is speaking against polygamy. It's, and it's a word phrase that Paul used that is a one, uh, how does it go? one man or a one-woman man. Now, that's against the polygamy and things of that nature. And he said, and I can show you, we use the weight of Scripture to define scripture and we use the Holy Spirit and the weight of Scripture to um translate the scripture. So we look at what word did Jesus use for divorce? Here's the word that Jesus used. What words in the Bible have ever been used for divorce or the giving of a letter? This is not what Paul used. Who was Paul? Well, Paul was a Pharisee. What did Pharisees do? They were perfect on the Bible. Yeah. Then why would Paul not have used what Jesus used? Why would Paul not have used what Moses used? Because he was not speaking on this, he's speaking on that. And well, yeah. under that, about that, I said, okay, Lord, well then, All right Uh, You're clear All in Now luckily And I don't mind And uh, if you ever get to meet him uh, It's Pastor Allen Dial He has pastored in Alaska And Africa And been a missionary And all over this great country Um, Y'all pray for that man He's got his hands full with me Um, But he (laughs) took me on He is my senior pastor in life And now he is my associate pastor At our church Um, But he started prepping me and training me and he sat me down for probably an hour and he told me all the great stuff about being a pastor there is and when he got done he looked me in the eye he said are you willing Still to do this yeah. and as great as he made it sound, I said I don't have any choice in it um, You know, I I, I really don't. Um, There's either obedience or there's disobedience. I know what disobedience looks like. And so there's nothing left for me but obedience. Um, (laughs) I have no choice in the matter. And so that started, um, they um, licensed me. He watched me for a year. Um, He watched my walk. Um, He watched me preach um, and take on these roles. And then after that year, I was ordained in. Now, I believe that we are called by God. And I think when during an ordination, there were many people that put their hands upon my head and said a prayer. Um, I don't know if they were honoring God with their lips or if those prayers only made it to the ceiling, but <laughs> it wouldn't be too much later on that I would actually get to see the real grind that uh, you read Paul dealing with in mm-hmm. churches yeah. and that yeah, led into another Direction. I hate to
1: interrupt you, but we are <laughs> out of time. Is there anything that you would like to tell the viewers? Quickly, we got 30 seconds. In. Real quick before we
0: I would discuss. say this, that it become a point in time that we were looking for property, and the property that we were looking at, where we were looking for, was all in the half-million-dollar range, and I did not have those kind of means. But I prayed out to God, and God opened doors that, that a property became available exactly where we wanted it, the amount that we needed um but he wasn't quite done with me i sold my property and within 48 hours of me agreeing to sell my property and everyone on the market that property sold it sold for a price where we could buy the other property i could move and we had enough to start building a church we didn't take any money from southern baptist association from any credit Um, facilities and we took no money out of the general fund or from the church, God provided that and so we are fixing to start building a church on that property and only God can move across heaven and across to earth to open those kind of doors and make things happen that fast where I saw no way, I don't have a half a million dollars, I saw no way, God within 48 hours made a way. Yep.
1: He's the way maker. Well, we're out of time. It's been such a joy having you on the program. Thank you for
0: coming and sharing. I enjoy every time that we're here.
1: It's a blessing. This is Bobby. And
0: Frank. And And this is Keith. Pastor and chaplain Keith Carden.
1: Saying God loves you, my friend. Yes, you. And so do we. See you next week.
0: This program was produced by the Overcomers Ministry, a nonprofit corporation.
1: We have a team of loving, caring prayer warriors that will intercede over your request, pray, and email you back.
0: Contact us at intercedingprayer
1: at yahoo.com. This is Frank. And this is Bobby. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening.